thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Good to be back in the Lord's house today. Look forward to seeing what the Lord has for us. Brother Marcia Show, would you open us in a word of prayer? And join me in singing page 419, Sound the Battle Cry.
Join me in standing movie we'll singing page 145. It is well with my soul.
saw his wife sin in the garden in the distance God saw a cross when Cain killed his brother God was watching and God saw a cross and when Moses slew the Egyptian man in anger God saw a cross and when David chose Bathsheba over honor God knew to be a cross. God saw a cross being raised on the horizon. God saw his son being slain for one and all. God saw his blood being shed for our redemption. cross and when I first rejected his great offer I'm so thankful God still saw a cross and with each wicked choice I walked in darkness my God saw a cross Blinded by my sin, my soul was helpless. With eyes of mercy, God still saw a cross. God saw a cross being raised on the horizon. God saw His Son being slain for one and all. God saw His blood for my redemption for every fall God saw a cross and when I finally gave my heart to Jesus from that moment of time until forever when God sees me he only sees the cross We already had another message in mind, but um, the Lord led me to Psalms chapter 78. And I believe this message um, is something I needed, and I think it'll be a help to answer a question, and it being a youth afternoon, it, it answered the question of uh, why. Why do we have a teen fundraiser? Why do we have a youth group? Why 
for some odd reason, would I choose to spend, stay up all night for 12 hours straight with teenagers? Why, why do we do all these things? Why do we give so much money for the teens to go to youth camp or, or to youth conference? And, and wh why is it that we do all these things for, for the teenagers, not just the teenagers, but there's a lot of resources put into children's ministries and even the nursery. That's, that's its own mission field in and of its own. Um, why do we do that? And uh, I believe if, we, if, you, if you found your, your, your place in Chom uh, Psalms chapter 78, if you go ahead and stand. And I think it'd be good to kind of verbalize, to kind of just present why it is that we do those things. So why are we having teen fundraiser? Why is it that we do all these things? Psalms chapter 78 says, verse number one, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Now, this, this is Asaph. Asaph wrote this poem, this, this psalm, and he's saying, okay, people, listen. Listen to what I'm about to say. It's important. Incline, incline your ear. Verse number three, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, but whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. You've given me to present this truth, Lord. And thank you for the, the young people that we get to invest to, uh, invest in as a church, God. And I just pray you use this as a reminder, Lord, as an encouragement to keep on doing what we've been doing, Lord, and, and to view them as a gift that you've given us. I just pray you give me the words, Lord. Thank you for the special music today, Lord, and be with, uh, be with this message, Lord. You are to me pray, amen. You may be seated. I was going to have us read all 70-something verses, but I decided not to let us, not to do that. So, um, <clears throat> looking back, when I was younger, um, we, we, would do, we would do kind of like outreach here. We'd, we'd go soul winning, and for, for, for about a summer, we would do every Thursday night, the, the church that I grew up in, Bella Vista, they would have a, uh, a sort of teen soul winning, you could say. And they would take, uh, the, youth, the youth group leader would, uh, would take the youth in the van, and they'd go out soul winning. It was my first time attending one of these, and I was really excited because really in my eyes, I was just going to hang out with a bunch of friends. It was going to be awesome. We were going to get ice cream afterwards is what I heard. So I climb in the van. I'm excited to roll. And uh, we go about, and I get teamed up with some kids, and we go around knocking doors, handing out tracks, inviting people to church. Uh, now, now, I grew up in New Mexico in Albuquerque in a place called the War Zone, okay? Uh, the War Zone isn't a very nice part of town, so as you can imagine, we were do knocking doors at, at a trailer park. Uh, so we were at a trailer park, and um, we're walking up to this one particular door, and I, we recognize the kids. They've come on the bus every once in a while, and me and my friends, we walk up. I'm the youngest one, so I'm not going to be doing the main, the main of the talking. The, the oldest teenager in our group is going to be doing it. So we're walking up, and I'm walking up with them. I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to learn, trying to be, to be quiet. And um, as he's talking to the parents, to, to, the, to the older kids, I recognize there's, there's a younger kid that he also used to ride the bus, so I go out and hang out with him, and I recognize him, so we're talking, chit-chatting, I'm asking if they're coming on the bus, um, and I'm like, this is going great, and then out comes uh, the, what they call the pet, and uh, um, I will say this, you know, throughout ministry I'm learning that there's things that uh, we have to preach out against, we're, there's things that God sees as an abomination, and one of those things was this, what, this thing that this child claimed as a pet, and it was a chihuahua, so... <laughs> As, as a chihuahua was running out, I said, oh, a little chihuahua. And, uh, it, and maybe, maybe after the story, you'll realize why I hate chihuahuas so much. Um, and uh, I'm talking with a friend, and he picks up the little chihuahua, little yapping thing, thinking he could just eat me and my friends up alive without, without even hesitating, that little, little demon thing. And, and he picks him up, and I, oh, that's a cute little dog. And I say, well, you know, what's, your, what's his name? Mexican family, so me chihuahua. So I think, I don't know what the dog's name, I can't remember, Gordo or something like that. And uh, I said, oh, that's cute. And as, as, I, as we're kind of talking more and more, I kind of want to pet the dog, so I feel like we're good enough friends where I could just do that without asking, so I, I stick my hand out to pet the dog, and that little rat uh, bites my finger. 
you know? And I'm still a young teenager, not even a teenager yet, so I'm, I'm crying, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm, my finger is bleeding, he ripped a chunk of my skin off, and I'm just, I'm mad. And, and the, the, the friend that I thought was my friend uh, that I was talking to, he starts laughing. And I, I say, well, why are you laughing? And he's like, oh yeah, I should have told you, he hates new people, he, he's, he was probably going to bite you if you pet him. And I'm sitting there like, man, come on Juanito, that would have been some good news to know before I stuck my hand out to this little demon spawn, Okay. My friend, my so-called friend, had some important information that, you know what, would have been helpful for me to know. It would have been really helpful if, if my friend would have told me, hey, don't stick your hand out at this dog, he's going to rip a part of your finger off. Okay? That was important information, you could say. And in this chapter, Asaph, he's, he's telling the nation of Israel the same thing. He says, listen here, people, I'm going to tell you about something, and it's important that you listen. This is important information. It's very important what I'm about to tell you. You need to pay attention. And he says, we, we, need, we need to teach the next generation something, something important. We need to teach him all the things that God has done in our life and what he's done in our forefathers' lives. We have to teach, him, we have to teach the next generation all these things, these, these, these dark sayings, this, the history of, of what God has done in our nation, what the, the great things he has done, and even the punishments he's, 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 he's thrown our way. We have to teach the next generation these things so that they learn to place their hope in God and keep after his commandments. And we didn't read, obviously, the next of the chapter. The rest of the chapter was going to be a very long read. Um, but pretty much, Asaph goes into a history lesson, you could say, of, of a brief history of the nation of Israel. You can, you can count verse number 1 through 8. It's kind of a preface. Of, of a, a preface of what he's about to teach them. And the rest of the chapter is Asaph kind of proving why it is that it's important to teach the, ne the next generation this important lesson. I'm not going to go through every single, every single verse, but I'm, if, you just, if you just tag along with me and try and listen intently, I might even have us out of here early. I'm, I'm realizing I'm kind of flying through this, but I'm kind of going to give us a bullet point uh, summary of the rest of the chapter, okay? So verses 1 through 8, Asaph gets the people's attention and says, pay attention to me. I, we, we have to do something important. We have to teach them to place their hope in, in the Lord. If not, this will happen. And Asaph begins to relate the history of God's people. He begins with the rebellion against God, how the Israelites rebelled against God in several ways throughout their history, how they disregarded his miracles, they refused to obey God and his commandments, they complained against God, they doubted that God could even provide their needs, they wanted to go back to Egypt where they were freed from, they lied to God, they were insincere whenever they recommitted themselves to God every single time, they were faithless at times, they even worshipped a lot of other gods and idols. And then... We see how God became angry with them, and he caused a lot of them to suffer in terror, and he, he killed a lot of them at some point. He, allowed of them, he also allowed other nations to come and kill some of his people. He, at one point, God even had to turn his back on his own people and abandon them because of, their, because of their disobedience. God even allowed the ark eventually to be captured, and God, re, um, this is more getting more specific, but God even rejected the northern tribe of Ephraim at one point. Um, and praise the Lord, though, that he doesn't end there, that despite Israel's constant rebellion and disobedience to God, God continued to help his people. We see that in how he continually, how he miraculously delivered his people from Egypt with all the, the ten plagues, how he divided the Red Sea for them and let them cross over on dry ground to escape Pharaoh and his army. He guided them by a cloud of pillar and fire. He provided water from a rock. This is all stuff that Asaph is talking about in the rest of the chapter, a brief history lesson. He even fed them with manna and quail from heaven. He forgave them their sins. He settled them in the promised land, and the nations in the land were driven out as God had promised. He rescued them from their enemies. He chose Jerusalem as the place of his temple. And then eventually we end up, at the end of the chapter, with David being chosen as their new king. And I kind of flew through that. Um, and in every single one of those sections, you could say, they can all be divided. There's some awesome truths we can find from every single one, but... I believe that Asaph is using the rest of the chapter as a brief history lesson to prove why verses 1 through 8 of Psalm 78 are so important. He says, look, listen here. This is important. Hear ye, O people. It's important. Asaph recounts the mighty acts of God performed for his people and the rebellion they displayed throughout history. Asaph does all of this so that the succeeding generations can learn from them and place their hope in God. Can learn to place their hope in God. 
And he, he begins in, uh, in verse number, let's just go ahead and read verse number uh, four. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come. Here we go. He tells them, show the next generation, teach, them, teach the next generation the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done for them. And he says, Asaph says, look, I'm about to pay attention, Israel. Pay attention. As the current generation, we have a huge responsibility to teach the next generation something. You're going to teach them this thing by, by sharing with them the praises of God, the works of God, the mighty great love that God has shown for his people, all the things that God has done for you. You're going to, show, you're going to share these things with the coming generation so that they learn to do something very important, so vitally important. And we read that already. Verse number six, that the generation to come might know them even the children of which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Here we go, verse number seven. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Asaph is saying, it's important. As the current generation, we need to share with the next generation the love of God, the works of God, the word of God, the praises of God. Why? So that they learn to set their hope on God. Now, the word hope there isn't used how we use hope nowadays. The word hope there means this, their confidence, their complete trust. You could say their belief in God. Asaph is saying, look, the reason we have to, sh we have, the reason we have to share these things with our children, the reason we have to share, teach these things to the next generation is because the next generation themselves, they need to set their confidence and their hope and their belief and their utter and 100% and trust in the Lord God. Why? So that through that, the next generation will keep his commandments. Totally simple truth. I'm not getting, I'm not getting in deep at all. Um, use this for an example. The, 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 this thought came to my mind. Okay? Um, well, let me finish this thought. Asaph was, was telling them it's important to do this, right? For, 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 for the sake of them setting their hope on the Lord. Okay? Let's, let's fast forward a long time. We're, we're here now. My wife and I, you know, we're, we're, we're newly married and uh, we're a young couple. And I'm sure like many other young couples here, uh, you get asked this question a lot. You know, when are you, bringing, when are you going to have kids? You know, it's, we're, what's the next generation? And my wife are praying about that and, and things like that. But in talking to people, you also hear this phrase. Man, I'm scared to bring kids into this world. Man, I'm scared for the next generation. Man, I'm scared for these teenagers. The stuff I'm seeing as an adult already, imagine how much worse it's going to get when they're older. Man, I'm scared about all those things. That's a scary thought. And yeah, I would say that's scary, but I, I kind of want to deal with that statement a little more because, because I, th I think it's just a little off. And, he, and I think this is, maybe this is the truth that we can learn from this is, yeah, it's scary. The world's going to become a scary place. But I don't think the big fear is the persecution that Christians are going to face one day. I don't think the big fear is that you getting laughed at for being a believer. I don't think the biggest fear we have is how the world is going to be flooded with sin left and right till you can't get away from that. Those things are bad. But I think the, the, the thing that we should be more scared of for the coming generation is this is a generation that comes up and they have no hope in God. A generation that comes up who did not learn how to place their confidence, their 100% belief in the Word of God, in God Himself. Yeah, the other stuff is scary. Satan attacking Christians is terrifying. Christians getting persecuted is scary. Yes, all those things are terrible, and I hate that for the next generation. But I believe the scariest thing that we face, really, for the next generation is this, that they grow up and they did not learn how to place their confidence in God. And Asaph was kind of pleading for the same thing for the nation of Israel, was he not? He was saying, hey, listen up. I have a very important message. We have a truth that we need to teach the next generation because if we don't, we're one generation away from being a, a godless nation. It's, the true, it's true for us, right? And he even goes into a long history of them turning against God and rebelling against his commandments and disobeying him and chasing after idols. And he says, this is what's going to happen with the next generation if we as the current generation don't teach them to place their hope in God. They're going to disobey God. They're going to turn away from his commandments. Simple truth, but I think God, God has his message. 
let this be an encouragement. You could say a, a, little, a little pit stop. You could say this is why we do a teen fundraiser. This is why we give offerings for the youth to go to youth con and to teen camp. And this is why we have teen activities. This is why, why I'm even here, why the Lord, I believe, called me here so we can invest into young people and not just the teenagers, the next generation, right? But the little kids. I see, you know, Paisley's walking around, Micah, Ethan. Uh, we have Winnie. We have Thea, all these, these adorable little kids. They're the next generation. And just like Asaph was telling the nation of Israel, listen up. You have something important to teach the next generation. I think God's telling us at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, listen up, current generation. You have some important things to teach the next generation. You have some very important things to teach him. And he tells us what those things are, right? We're supposed to teach him the praises of God and the love of God and the works of God and the faithfulness of God. And he'll never fail any one of us. We're supposed to teach him those things. But many times I think we get a little distracted. And instead of those things, I think we can take priority. We start teaching them how to make a lot of money quick. And we teach them how to have financial security. And we teach the next generation how to, how to make themselves look pretty or handsome. And we teach the next generation how to please those around them. And we, please the next, we teach the next generation how to, how to keep up appearances. We even teach the next generation what every single quarterback of the Chiefs history has been. And all those things are great, yes. But the, main, the most, some more than others. But I believe the most important thing that God, is, that, that, that God is telling us to teach the next generation is to teach them to place their confidence in Him. Because if not, we're going to look back one day and we have to share a history just like the nation of Israel. Because why? Because the current generation, 2023 of Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, did not teach the next generation what they were supposed to teach them. And let me tell you, if we don't teach them what we're supposed to teach them, what God has done in our lives, Satan's around the corner wanting to teach them something completely different. He's trying to teach them how to rely on themselves, how to rely on worldly people. He's trying to teach them how to please themselves and only live for themselves. He's trying to teach them to rely on money and whatever they can do to gain success. He's trying to teach them to do anything they can to stay away from God. But it's our responsibility as the current generation that we look at these teenagers. And and I spent 12 hours with them, so we got a lot closer to them than I ever imagined, right? And sometimes they make you want to just scratch your head. You're saying, why would you do that, man? (laughs) Things like that. And, and we see little kids in junior church or a nursery, the next generation. And we look at them and we, we have a responsibility to do what? As the current generation, teach them what God has taught us. Teach them what our previous generations taught us. And I think maybe a lot of us can look back at our own lives. And if we sat down with a piece of paper, we can write down a piece of history just like Asaph did. Of mistakes we've made. Of scars that we still bear big or small, of moments in time where we got away from the Lord and we got away from His love and His grace out of His will. And we regret those things so much. And we hate that we ever did that. And we look at our kids, and I'm not just preaching to the parents here who have kids in the youth department, who have kids in junior church. No. This, this message is for everybody. Whether you have kids there or not, you're an influence to them. They look up to you. They, they look at what you do and, and how you react and the spirit you have. This message is for everybody here of this current generation you have an influence on these young people. So it's not just for those who have kids in the youth department. Don't, don't try and say you're not a part of this if you don't have teens, okay? It's for everybody. But we look back at our lives and we look at these teens and we say, man, I never want Jay, Caleb, or Micah to do the things I did. I never want these girls to experience the things I did because of my consequences of my sin. And I don't want them to end up the very same way that I did, that God had to do this miraculous thing to get my attention. It hurt, and I still have scars, and I have pain from all that. And we say, I never want them to get there. Yes, we don't want them to get there, so what are we going to do about it? We're going to teach them the praises of God, the love of God. And let me tell you, teaching the kids to, to, to set their hope on God, their confidence in God, is a lot more than just what you say. It's how you live. When your, kids, when, when your kids see you live one way at church and a different way during the week, you're teaching them two completely different things. No, it's not just in what you say. It's in how you act. It's in what you do. It's, it's, it's in how you conduct yourself. Our actions teach as well. And Asaph is giving the nation of Israel a very important, listen to me, it's important. The next generation depends on this. We have to teach them these things so that they learn to place their confidence in God. And in turn, we see at the end of that verse, whenever they place their hope, their confidence, their belief in God, it'll lead them to 
follow His commandments, to stay in the will of God, to please Him. That's, how, that's what we want for them, don't we? We want them to stay in the will of God. We want them to be pleasing to God. We want our children, the next generation, to get to heaven one day. <laughs> and as they're walking up to God, and maybe you imagine yourself there on the sideline saying, that's my son, I raised him, that's my daughter, I raised her. God can look at them and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We want that for every single one of them. And the only way we're going to let that happen, make that happen, is by teaching them. Teaching them to place their confidence in God. And when we teach them those things, it doesn't matter what the world throws at them. It doesn't matter what Satan does to try and oppose him. The persecution doesn't matter. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But whenever the next generation learns from the previous generation to place their confidence, their hope, their belief in God, all those other things will sort themselves out. Because like I said, the scariest thing is not everything else that the world's going to throw at the teenagers. A little Paisley, a little Thea, little Winnie, little Mike, a little... That's not the scariest part. The scariest thing is seeing this generation sitting in the front row, you guys too, is this row right here, kind of taking our place and not having the fear of the Lord, not placing their confidence in God. So, that's why we do these things. That's why we have a teen fundraiser. That's why we give sacrificially so that teens can go to youth con and, and teen camp so they can hear the word of God, so they can hear the praises of God, the goodness of God, the love of God. That's why I pray that the Lord keeps on, that the Lord uses me to show these teenagers, your teenagers, the love of God, the mercies of God, the faithfulness of God, the presence of God. That's why we do all these things. It's so that the next generation, what? So the next generation can learn to place their trust, their confidence, their whole lives in the hand of a heavenly father who loves them so very much so that they could stay in his will and be pleasing to the father. Asaph said it was important for them, and it's important for us. And I look around, and I'm so thankful for it that I'm part of a church that's already doing that. A church that's investing into young, young people for so many generations. Jared went to college and came back. We see Abby is serving in church faithfully. Different teenagers that grew up in church that you guys invested into. This is what that does. Jared actually has friends. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> But I don't believe I'm, I'm preaching to a church that, that, that isn't doing these things. Um, I want to encourage y'all and say I'm blessed to be part of a church family that has done that for many years and is doing that currently. But I just want this message to be an encouragement and sort of a reset, a reminder as to why it is that you do the things you do. Why it is that you ask some, some random teenager to come and help you work. Why it is that you take a random teenage girl out to eat to talk to her and try and encourage her in the Lord. Why it is that you do all those things is so that we can teach the next generation to place their confidence and their hope in God. Amen. It was a simple truth today, but the Lord used it in my life, and it was, it was just kind of a light bulb. Like, I'm the youth pastor. This is why you're here. Because there's a coming generation, and you have some things to teach them, some things that you've learned, some things that you don't want them to end up in. May we never look back. I pray that we don't have to look one day at the rest of the chapter of these teenagers, and it has to be a sad account of the things that happened because they, they ran away from God. And I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it a little bit and talk to you teenagers. I gave you guys a little lesson this morning, right? Not to, not, not, not to, not to throw away what God's given you already. And now you guys see why. Because you're, I believe you're part of a church, a church family, whether it be your parents or even adults you look up to here, that, that are doing what Asaph said, are doing what the Lord said, and, and trying, to, trying to rear you up in the way of the Lord. And I say, I beg you, don't throw it away. God's doing, God wants to do such great things for you. But let me tell you, you're one mistake away from having a history like the nation of Israel. And I pray your life isn't used as an example of what happens whenever you turn away from God. But rather, listen Listen to, brother, to the Brother Scots in the sound room. Listen to your parents. Listen to preacher. Listen, listen to, to Brother Marshall. Listen to Brother Benson. Listen to Brother Caro. Listen to, brother New listen to all these men, to, to Brother Foster, who are, who are trying to show you men. Men, this is, this is the, 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 the love of God, and this is what it's like to, to live your life for God. And listen to the other ladies at church, young ladies, who, who are singing to you the praises of God and the love of God and the compassion God has for you. Don't just ignore those things. So that's our responsibility. As the current generation, what are we supposed to do? 
teach the next generation to place their confidence in God, to place their hope in God. I'm thankful for a church that does that already, but I just pray this message is an encouragement, as a, a reset, a reminder as to why it is that we do everything we do for these young people and for the children's church and for the little nursery kids, even though they don't understand it. We know what God has told us to do, and we know why he's told us to do those things. It's a good reminder. I want to read this quote. Um, let me see here. <clears throat> I can't remember who quoted this, but I'm going to read it. So when we talk about the command to touch the hearts of the next generation, what I'm simply saying is this, to teach by instruction and example the truth of God's word that results in a desire to walk obediently before God in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful for a church that's done that for many years, and I believe is going to continue doing that. So that's our job as the current generation. That's what we have to teach the next generation. We're going to go ahead and pray, and then uh, Brother James, a Metzinger will come and play. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, thank you so much for uh, the reminder, Lord, of the responsibility you've given us to these young people, Lord, and I pray you help us not to take that for granted. I pray you help us to make the most out of the opportunity we have, Lord, to influence them, to teach them. And I pray you help maybe some parents or even just some adults who have kind of lost focus of, of what they're supposed to be teaching to the next generation, Lord. I pray you use this message, Lord, as a, as a reset for them, Lord, and even use it as an encouragement for those who have been doing it faithfully. I just thank you for those who have. And I pray for the youth, Lord, that they don't just ignore these things and turn a blind eye to them, but that they, they follow after you and learn from the previous generation what it's like to place their hope in you. I just pray you be with um, the rest of the service. Lord, speak to hearts in the way that you see fit. In your name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and stand. And uh, just ask the Lord if, if there's some corrections that have to be made in, in, in what your life is teaching the next generation. And if you are doing a good job about that, then I just pray that you ask the Lord to help you keep going. And you teenagers, if, if maybe you catch yourself ignoring and not wanting to have anything to do with what people are trying to show you or the work of God, I just pray that you, you let God speak to you and, and get that right.
some points of interest here. Um, we have the teen fundraiser that was today, so thank you all so much for those who had a part in that, bringing food and even uh, giving money, you know, uh, helping the teenagers for that. Thank you so much for that. And the Fall Praise Festival next Wednesday, November 1st, 7 p.m. here. We have the Ladies' Jubilee coming up uh, November 4th. Again, the reminder is the van will leave Friday, November 3rd at 1 p.m. if you're going to be riding the van up there. And also the next day, November 4th, uh, we have, are going to have a men's work day. If you could be here at 8.30 a.m., we'll have plenty of jobs to do around the church. And then uh, Senior Saint Thanksgiving, November 6th. Any questions, see Ms. Foster. Ladies Thanksgiving, November 11th at 5.30. Uh, Martin Kuhn will be with us here as well in November. And then the Lord's Supper coming up. Uh, thankful for a... Got to celebrate another Lord's Day with y'all today. Uh, Brother Tracy, you mind dismissing us in prayer?